This is episode 153. So it's the taint of the guitar? Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back for a new year and just the same old, uh, the same old very mediocre garbage as all the other years. It's the tone control. It's back. Okay, everybody say mm. something stupid. Um, I feel like part happily. Recording is the thing I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys wearing? The usual. Um, oh, that was really stupid. You know, yep. Jeans, uh, a t-shirt, <laughs> and a hoodie. All of which should probably could spare to be washed. <laughs> Dude, I'm wearing t-shirt, jeans, hey. and a hoodie. Oh my god. In fact, this T-shirt is um, it is a graphic design by one of my wife's no students. Yeah, it's like it's like an astronaut against a starry background, like spacewalking. Except there's an arcade machine also floating there, and he's playing. Mine it. is a very cool, plain um, old navy, probably from a package black T-shirt. <laughs> nice, great. Nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what What about you? What about you, well, Ryan? Uh, I got my work clothes on, so I am highly uncomfortable. Ooh. Oh, oh no! T- what is your worth? Are, are you a? Are, oh, hold on. Um, let me guess. Train mechanic. You're wearing a blue jumpsuit. You're so close. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no I work uh, for Oregon State University. They have a downtown spot in Portland, so we had some high-profile people here today. So I had to. Uh, Wear the business pants and the dress shirt and nice shoes and all that. Yeah, that's what I wear every day. Usually I can wear jeans, but uh, had to get a little fancy. Today was not a jeans day. Today was not a jeans day. Tomorrow is casual Friday, which means I get to wear my Southern New Hampshire University swag. (laughs) Nice. Mm -hmm, Yep. mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Well, um, so we're, we're in the thick of it already. This is the new year. This is the first episode we're recording in the new year because we managed to get it so we managed to work our schedule so we have just so much time off and that was terribly fun but we're back and we have a guest who I've already casually referred to and talked to without introducing first and that's Ryan righteous Ryan himself Ryan Ryan Thanks for having me guys Ryan 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 the man, Ryan. The man himself, <laughs> Righteous Ryan of Righteous Telly of Righteous Ryan's rudimentary Russian refrigerator repair or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it's occurring to the, me right now that I could have, for old time's sake, made up another one of those. Yeah. But I, Gosh, it's been, there's, there's, there has actually been so much going on. Yeah. That's we, should, well, um, we should do our what the hell's been happenings. Uh, yeah. There's been stuffs. There's been stuffs. Do you want to go? Do you want to go first? Me? I'll how has the new year been treating you so far? And how was your holiday? My holiday was, um, it was pretty hectic. Like some classic holiday stress. Uh, I mm-hmm. had like I had like a cool ten days off of work or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yet I only had really. Sorry, my my wife's yelling at the dog for something. It sounded like he was yelling back. He was yelling at something, <laughs> which makes me think like something's going on. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I had off from, uh, I took like 
probably like a half day the day before Christmas Eve and went back to work on the second. So mm-hmm. I was like a you know a good good chunk of time off. Yet I only had basically a regular weekend's worth, a couple of days worth of actual rest. So yeah. it was kind of a bummer. Like I signed up for all this time off and then didn't get it. So, so do um, you, because you work for university, do you yeah. have to take paid time off for that? Or do they include that as part of like the holiday pay? Uh, no, because we, we're an online institution primarily. Oh, so I gotcha. we, we have we have rolling terms and enrollment. So it's, um, oh, my dog is barking at the neighbor dog that is also barking. Got it. Okay. Um, no, so it's just regular PTO. Like my, It's a dog podcast. Yeah, dog cast. Um, my, They're recording their own, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the neighbor dogs bark uh, relentlessly, um, going absolutely berserk. So that that's a fun thing I get to live with. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. I I get um, I get like a regular office job kind of nine to five situation uh, because mm-hmm. we're just always always working. You know, the, the, we don't our campus adheres to an academic schedule, but the online does not. Okay. Yeah. So, but I do get five weeks of vacation a year, which is rad. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. That is nice. Pretty good. So I hung around. I got some very nice, fun things for Christmas. I spent some nice, fun time with family and stuff. Um, had basically three Christmases, me and Beth, and then me and Beth and Beth's family, and then me and Beth and my family. So it was mm-hmm. like just a lot, just a lot. And my family didn't come up yeah. until the weekend between Christmas and New Year's. So just when the Christmas dust settles, it was like, nope, fire up the Christmas machine. We're doing it again. Um, <laughs> so that was a whole thing. Um but other than that, it was kind of the huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. What um, What do you and the fam do, Ryan? Well, so the, this year we had Jenny's family come over. Um, they live in Dallas, and her brother's in Houston. Oh, wow. So they came to us this year, um, and we just did a lot of kid stuff because I have two young kids. So took the older daughter out for her first ice skating session. Oh, cool. Ooh. Which was great. I, I used to be a hockey player, so getting her out there on skates was pretty enjoyable for me. And nice. she seemed to enjoy it. Um, she didn't complain, which is pretty rare for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, she was pretty focused and having a good time. So um, got to go to the movies a couple times with my father-in-law and brother-in-law. Um, got to build a toy kitchen from 8 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. Christmas Eve. All right. Yep. So I can, <laughs> that was a gift from my mom, so I'm already plotting my revenge for that. Uh, I did that exact thing two years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All the parts to this thing. It was crazy. So many parts. <laughs> so we woke up, and she was, she's stoked on it. She's been playing with it every day, so that that helps that damage. Yeah. But That's good. Um, right. But it was good. Just relaxed and had a good time. Like my in-laws are are pretty low maintenance, so that's good. It was good. Mm-hmm. I um, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, we're. Um, oh, sorry. What? No, I was just gonna say. I just remembered. Also, I didn't play any guitar over the break. Yeah, I barely played oh. either. I played more guitar than I usually do over the break. Ugh. Must be nice. <laughs> and I had this cool pedal from Pedal Genie to try, and I didn't get a lot of time with it till after. Like until basically New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. How about well, how about uh, we, you guys? 
Yeah, so we we do a bit of a double Christmas as well. <clears throat> um, this year, my folks did not come up because they're they're moving up and they were going to be here in just a few months anyway. And it was like not going to make a trip. But so we did so like we, we do like a FaceTime Christmas, mm-hmm. which is pretty common for us. Uh, and then and and we're we're pretty low key. It's sort of like uh, my wife's mother comes out. She lives uh, right near us, and we FaceTimed with the. New England part of the family and did the whole thing kind of together. And then um, Marielle's brother and his wife, who live in Oregon, uh, actually come out and they they see her family and they do a double Christmas. And so we're the second Christmas. And then they, they come over to Cincinnati. Um, but they didn't get over here until New Year's. So there's quite a gap in there. Hmm. Um, the big thing that we ended up putting together, we've been working on this, uh, like playhouse bed, loft bed thing for my daughter. Um, so it's, it's this thing my wife found that this carpenter makes them and essentially sells it as a kit. And, um, we got it unfinished. So I've been painting it in pieces over the course of December, like during the off hours. And it's, it fits over a full size mattress it has like a bookcase and then kind of like a ladder up the side. What? And the top is has like a pitched roof what? area and like a loft that is big enough to fit a twin size mattress no. as like a second sleeping area slash play area. <laughs> and the whole thing takes up like fully a half of her room and it came in pieces and I got it I got it already sort of the night before. And um on Christmas Eve we moved all the pieces upstairs into the guest room so they could be just sort of slid out one door and into her room and assembled. And on on Christmas, then we like did some did some gifts and stuff. And then we sort of took a break and my mother-in-law played with Aria while my wife and I went upstairs and assembled the thing. And it was massively heavy. <laughs> um, we got the thing together, but it, it's pretty cool. Like I painted it all and I had I had my dad's help when they were visiting not too long ago. Um for I think I think that I guess they were around near Thanksgiving or something. Um but they <laughs> they um my my dad uh obviously like I, I used to work for him in my previous life and uh does uh, special finishes and fancy painting and stuff like that. So we sort of had his help designing a glaze to look like a thatched roof. Huh. So I painted the roof with like a fun thing, which is hilarious because it was the most complicated part of the whole thing, <laughs> designing and doing this thing that I sort of, it's been, you know, seven years since I've done a, a decorative finish and I, you know, figured out how to do it. And then it's like right up against the ceiling and you sort of have to look hard to even see it. Oh, man. <laughs> But anyway, obviously she's super pumped about yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, you're describing something that I want. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's And we've got it, I've got like lights all built into it now, like LED lights that she can operate on switches. Wow. And there's That's right. a little reading lamp and a little shelf on the underside. And it's super cool. I should put, I, I, I now I'm going to need to share pictures in Discord. Yeah. Um, hey, um, because I'm talking about it so much. So let's should we circle back for a quick moment? Um, mm-hmm. Discord is a thing that we have, and it is open and free to all fans of the tone control, or not, I guess, or yeah. you know, people who just want to talk about guitar things. Although I don't know how else you would hear about it than on this podcast. Right. But whatever, um, <laughs> it would be so fun yeah. if somebody comes into the channel, just, like kicks the door, like, and, wait, what's what are you guys what's doing your here? podcast? <laughs> 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 what are you guys up to? 
Who are you? I came here to talk about Helix patches, bitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, Discord, if you're not familiar, is a place for people to talk about things that they like. And we're doing that about guitar things. So uh, it's open and free, and come hang out and talk about your uh, Christmas gear wish lists and things like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, if you're listening to this, you can find a link to the Discord, uh, which is a permanent invite link, right? It is. I think that's... It Permanent is. invite like in your show notes right at the top. Right. And then if you are a Patreon supporter, which we'll touch on later, uh, but if you're a $2 patron, you can listen to us record the show live, which is what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how Righteous mm-hmm. Ryan is joining us today. It's so very not, true. not as a $2 patron, we were going to have him on even if we didn't have Patreon. But, you know. I am thing, a supporter. Is, I am. He is also a supporter. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> He is, yes. And um, yes. Sean from Lollygagger FX is in the chat right now uh, because he is a Patreon supporter. So he gets to listen in and chat with us and, and send funny memes. And that's that's the cool thing. <laughs> yeah. And if you hear us laugh at something that you didn't hear, it's probably because he posted a funny meme. Yeah. So far, we've got Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> Athletic supporter. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So, shall we? Yes. Let's do. Let's do. Um, oh, I, <laughs> now is the part where I just remember what my whole job is. Okay, everybody, settle down. Thanks to Pedal Genie for sponsoring the Tone Control. Visit pedalgenie.com and start your wish list today. Hey, now. Okay. First try. Yeah. So, speaking of Discord, I guess before we get into like what we wanted to talk about and have Ryan on the show for. Uh, I wanted to mm-hmm. get a couple things out of the way from from questions from Discord. Jonas asked me, "What is the deal with zero frets?" Who's who here is familiar What's with the a, deal with zero frets? <laughs> who here is familiar with a zero fret? The zero uh, fret is this friggin' thing. It's a fret right right under the nut, right? Yep, yep. It's a fret so, before the first fret. So it is the taint of the guitar. (laughs) I think we can leave it at that, right? I think we're done here. (laughs) (laughs) We're done. That's. I uh, guess I can go. You don't need me for anything else. Show and title. Let's just play the robot for the end. Let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, We're we're out. Yep. See you later. Uh, anyway, the the zero fret is right. It's like right behind, or not behind. It's right in front of the nut on the fretboard, but it is not a playable fret. It's the it's before fret one. So and it, so it becomes the end of the string instead of the nut being the end of the string. Correct. It is where the string terminates. So the question is, what is that for? Like, why would why would one want this? And yeah. from what I've been able to tell. It's where the string terminates, but it is not used. Like the the nut is then used only for string alignment, not right. Um, not where the string ends. It doesn't affect height or anything. Right. So on a lot of guitars, the nut is cut to affect string height as well. Obviously, it's not mm-hmm. something that you adjust when you're adjusting your guitar because it's a fixed thing. But if you suddenly change string gauge, you're going to need to change your nut width. So like I um I dropped one of my guitars from. E flat standard, or sorry, E standard to E flat standard, and had to recut the nut, and it. Um, oh, really? You use different strings for just a half pitch? Yeah, because we dro- we drop D on top of that, so that brings you down to C sharp, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. um, okay. it ends up pretty flubby. So I'm playing 11s yeah. now. On mo- on all my E flat guitars are down to 11 or 11 gauge strings. So in doing so, cool. 
on one of my guitars, the nut needed to be recut because it was originally set for nines. So it it was really, and when I was using tens, it was like pretty okay. But um, when I threw 11s on there, the low E string was sitting on top of the nut. And the channel was was actually (laughs) using, um, like the channel was there guiding the string still, and it wasn't really popping out, but it wasn't doing its job correctly. So um, I had it set up and it was recut, and now it's great. So anyway, so the zero fret is... It's a fret that you kind of use it in conjunction with a nut, but the nut might be cut deeper or something. Some older instruments have it. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of a thing. I'm not sure. There are some. So really, it's so it's an old thing. It's not a new thing. I'm not seeing it on any new guitars. I've seen it on some old Gibsons, that kind of thing. Okay. But whenever I see it, it's always like an aesthetic reissue. Like, ooh, it contains the zero fret. You know. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe so. Maybe that was an easier way to to manufacture and know exactly what you were going to end up with. Yeah, I think I, I was reading about it a little more the other day after Jonas asked, and it, it seems to be easier to change string gauges if it's something you do a lot because um, you can kind of yeah. leave the nut a little wider and it'll accommodate more strings. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like setting up the guitar, I think it can cause some. It can get in the way a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, because okay. it, it's it's a fret. You know, it's not like to adjust the action. They're not even. I mean, it's not like you would do that at the nut, really. But like to to adjust things, you'd be doing more of it at the saddle end. You know. Yeah. So I mean, the there is like nut adjustments can affect your kind of intonation as far as like the first maybe fret or two, if it's too high or too low. You know, you could end up with sort of this. Uh, unfixable fret fret buzz, right? If it was too low, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so so that's interesting. So then with a with this zero fret, it, it would be pretty low. It's it's a it's a regular fret, right? So it's as low as the rest of the frets. So yeah. could that be a string buzz issue when it's low? I guess what what you'd end up with is is a guitar that um, you don't have to worry about the pulling it sharp when you're fretting at the first. Yeah, that's true. You know, because you're not going to have that extra deep spot. You know, if your nut isn't cut quite low enough and you end up pulling your first fret sharp all the time, Mm -hmm. you're not going to have that issue because it's going to be right friggin' there. Yeah, that's a good point. you could run into other issues if it's... It seems like it it could be good as long as your setup's good and it would be exceptionally bad if you had, like, kind of a guitar that wasn't quite right. Yeah. um, I think banjos have a first or a zero fret, don't they? Historically, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sure, Googling intensifies. Stand by. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Do bros. Do do they? Yeah, banjos have a zero fret. Some uh, some acoustic guitars. I'm seeing some basses here that have it. I I cannot really understand why I would want one. Now that I think about it, but I gotta say, I really love how they look. (laughs) I don't know why. I totally love yeah, the look. I, I don't know, right? Like, um, never, never played one, so I can't imagine they feel. It that seems different. fine. It seems fine. Yeah, it seems like it would be fine if you tried to do it and the guitar like wasn't set up quite right or something. It seems like it could be pretty bad, but as long as I mean, but that's what a, what a stupid thing to say, right? Like, 
It's like, uh, well, of course, if your guitar's setup is bad, of course it's bad. Who cares what parts are on it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a dumb comment to make. Yeah, some of the things I'm seeing, it's like if you Google image search zero fret, some of them don't even have a nut. It'll just be like a series of string tree type assemblies after the zero fret. Yeah, because um, they don't need it. Right, because it's doing the same type of job. Um, the string trees guide right. so that you know your alignment... Um, so the thing. With so maybe that, that would even give you more bend way down low on the neck. Hmm. Hmm. Sean's saying it's big for stability. Yeah, it could be for Dobros. So I mean, yeah, what's the deal with zero frets? I don't know. I mean, I think most guitars don't have them now for a reason. I think it's just that better guitar technology exists in the form of um, a graph tech nut. You right? You know what I mean? Or you know, machine repeatable manufacturing. Definitely. I just I I think because if it's something that used to exist a lot and doesn't really anymore, I think it was probably replaced by uh, more repeatable manufacturing. That's yeah, that's probably true. So anyway, that's the deal with zero. Or laziness. Yeah. Either one of those things has has really bloomed in the last fifty years. Right. Um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta I gotta oh, do something about not being so distracted by Discord while I'm talking. I have this like <laughs> this huge problem of like what's that? What was I saying? Oh, oh I don't <laughs> even have the chat up. It's I would just get lost. Uh, anyway, okay, let's go on. That's why the next question was from Eric. He just says, "Can you talk about patch bays?" And like, what are they for? Uh, let me f- see if I can find his question. Are patch bays a thing for guitar stuff? Because that's a studio thing. I've seen patch bays on question. pedal boards. Yeah, what's on that? pedal boards? There's one that's like uh, what a hexagon or something. It's the patchulator. Have you guys seen I, that thing? Uh, not the that. I've seen them like as an insert for pedal train boards. Um, so you can go like have your IO on the same side. Uh, I've also seen like I think the gig rig makes like a four patch bay. He just says they make sense for me for certain things you see them for, but not so much for other things. Not so much sense for other things you see them for. I think, but he doesn't fill in what has he seen them for. I think uh, pedal boards is maybe the thing that doesn't make so much sense. I'm not sure why one would want that, but I don't really. Uh, I guess I don't know what patch bays. So. Yeah, so yeah. a patch bay is just a series of connections that are um that that can be closed, essentially link one thing to another with a simple cable. So like if you have a lot of different pieces of equipment and they need to be connected but they need to be connected differently at different times, then you have them all wired up to the back of a patch bay and the front is just a bunch of holes and yeah. you're plugging a cable from here to here. Um, so in a studio, we're going to use them all the time because we're going to have a rack of preamps and whatever else, EQs and compressors. And I'm going to say, oh, you know, I was at the at monastery last weekend and I was using, there's one 1176 there, a uh, compressor. Mm-hmm. And so I'm using it on, I was using it on a vocal for a second and then we were doing this bass and he was like, I'm not hearing, he was complaining he didn't hear enough like ghost notes on the bass. Like he was doing this very rhythmic between the main notes and it wasn't really coming out. So I'm like, okay, and we're going to do something funny with a compressor to try to get that stuff out. So I patch that in there, you know, I switch where that was patched. Um, So for a guitar, you know, why would you do this? Um, yeah, I mean, you'd just be changing the order of stuff in your pedal board. I think what you would really want is one of those digital switcher things. Yeah, like a gig rig. Yeah, because like for the sake of a guitar, like you're going to build the pedal board for the show. 
mm-hmm. right? You know, if you need it to be different for a particular show, you you just make it that way, right? right or if I mean, it's if something you're, gonna, you, you're really need, if you really have the need to change something on the fly, you have to be able to do it with your feet. Yeah, I think if you're going to be bending down and like moving cables and stuff around in a patch bay, you can be moving cables around between pedals on your board. Yeah. If you have a patch <clears> bay <throat> on the floor, those are very <clears throat> kickable. Well, I think they're like built in, like they're part of like the the chassis, like so, you would have a power supply thrown underneath. I've seen patch bays underneath like that too. So I did fight. It's called the Board Brain Patchulator 8000. <laughs> okay. Board Brain Patch. Oh, there it is with a U. I couldn't find it because I, I tried all the yeah. letters except U. <laughs> oh, look at this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Whoa! Oh my goodness. Okay, so the oh, patch this is a mini patch bay. Oh, I okay, okay. So now they have kind of configured this so it could fit onto a pedal board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sean's very impressed by eight thousand. It's a <laughs> lot of thousands. It's true. It's true. It's totally it's like what is the thousands. number we could put on here that's like intriguing but not ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because there's eight channels. Mm-hmm. I guess that's probably the real reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this is truly just it. It is just a way to change the order of things. So yeah, this this thing is octagonal. It's and each side has an in and an out. So you just plug a pedal, eight pedals, and in, one into each side of this thing, and then patch away. Wow. Yeah. So this has like the mini like CV control, like the the eighth inch connectors. Like you. Oh, uh, that's uh, uh, probably TT, right? The tiny telephone. Yeah, I think so. And uh, yeah, that's what look that's at, what look at the picture of it use. on the pedal board. There's all these like six inch patch cables mm-hmm. sticking straight up. Looks like no. a modular synthesizer, <laughs> Angles, modular yeah. synth. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, thank you. I yeah. do not want this. <laughs> this is not a thing that I that would do well on my pedal board. The, so, the whole thing about uh, modular they, synth, like using these cables, is so maddening <laughs> to me. Like, I get how it works, but yeah. the mess alone is enough to like just give me a stroke. I feel like if I was like messing around with modular synth, I would have to unplug it all every time I finished playing with it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's um, to actually following on from that. They they have another product, the Music Terminal Half Normal Patch Bay Hub. So this looks like it's single pedal sized. It's got four sets of ins and outs. Yes, and then I've a, seen top, this kind of a thing. top panel so you can reroute. Now, half normal means that sometimes things are routed straight through, but you can plug in to interrupt them. Hmm. So it sort of have a default state. And then if you... Um, you can use it to... I think you can use it to split, too. It'd be an analog split, but... Hmm. Uh, so, you know, you'd have it, the impedance So this change, says you but, can reroute um, signals to alternate destinations, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so you if you plugged something in, like if if it's it's normal with nothing plugged into it, and then you take a little, and this is just using quarter-inch yeah. uh, TRS, there's you just some, take a little cable and plug it in to interrupt. Yeah, there's some uh, diagrams on that page down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. This is weird. I'm probably on a different page. Uh, I'm, I'm on like a product page. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at the terminal, the half normal Store patch bay page, hub. I mean. Oh, I'm looking at the product page. Wait, I found another one. I'll this company it, has been busy. I'll throw it around in Discord. How about that? Oh, this one. This one is a, a mixer with CV. Oh lord. So this is definitely more for, um, synthy stuff. Yeah, that's the one I was looking at. So so check out Music InterFX. I N T R F X. 
Yeah, this one's based, uh, intended for Eurorack. It's got CV input and some like mixer knobs, so you can you could be mixing the three inputs that it has. I'm scared of this. While you pass this terrifies me. I could not do this. <laughs> so so Jonas asked this question. No, no, Eric did. Um, oh, why did I think it was Jonas? Jonas asked the first That's question weird. about zero frets. Oh, well then the answer is because I'm stupid. Oh, well, I mean it yes. tracks. <laughs> Everything's lining up. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. I was because I was I, imagining like I I I I know something about what uh, Jonas was playing for a rig. So I was like, why would he want? Why did he care about patch base? So Eric, on the other hand, as I recall, does kind of change a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. He's... From gig to gig, right? So. Yeah, what's the deal with patch base? Yeah, so I mean, you can typically they would have normals in them, so you would have sort of a default setup, but it would mean not rewiring your board to move the order of pedals around. You could just pop a simple patch cable in, you know, a loop would just boop, boop from one place to another, and suddenly that pedal's in a different spot. I think spot. that would be beneficial to me if my pedal board was three times as big as it is now. Well, if you had <clears throat> like uh, cut exactly to length oh, yeah, custom cables, true. you know. But yeah. yeah, it's a specific thing. The six-inch patch cable is all you need. Maybe a couple twelve-inches, you know, just for just for funsies. Yeah, well. Yeah, well. Need and want. Need yeah. And want. So, um, Sean, you're right. That is what she said. <laughs> Discord. <laughs> that a six-inch is good enough. Nice. Discord is popping off right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so, didn't want to uh, muck up the audio, but I was thinking it too. Well, we're all thinking it. He's just saying it. <laughs> you didn't want to sully our podcast with a dick joke? What, you think we're better than that? <laughs> you, think, you think you're better than me? <laughs> uh, okay, so where should we go from here? Should, uh, Pedal Genie is next on the list, but I don't know if I want to talk about that yet. Should we talk about the thing Ryan's here to talk about? <laughs> well, it's it's that or Pedal Genie goes to the end, um, right? Yeah, I guess so. Doesn't matter, to me. Doesn't matter to me. Let's 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 skip Pedal Genie for now. I'm gonna move it right. Okay, I'll do this. Look at this. We'll do it live. Okay. Oh, we'll shit. do it live. <laughs> Boom, baby. Look at this. Making Look at this happen. word doc. You see Derek's Google Documents foo? I I'm do. A friggin', I'm he a freaking legend. Wizard with that. I, Look at man. that. Yeah, I, I use it every day at work. So suck on Clean that, you, you losers. I bet. It, I bet it didn't even touch his mouse that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I am legend. <laughs> so, Ryan. You opinionated son of a bitch. I hear you have some things to say about fuzz. <laughs> So actually, let's rewind a little bit. We should probably talk okay. about who Righteous Ryan is, because um, he, he's the rhinoceros guy, right? Everybody like, remembers him. From I think a year most people so from the show probably just think of him as some schlub that we talk about as he writes in, like writes in small he, builders. Might, some people might think he's a guy we made up. That's also <laughs> just true. Just to seem like we had friends. That's true. Oh, we had this one huge fan, guys. I promise. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, Ryan found the podcast, gosh, some time ago now, I guess, right? You've been listening for a long yeah, time. Yeah, maybe three, four years ago? 
Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And at some point you wrote to us to talk about the show and stuff. And I, we were all usually asking for, oh, if you want to send us a news thing, send it. Um, so we started talking and you send us, you occasionally send us small builders to talk about and you'll interview them. And we'll throw that on our website and stuff like that. Um, some of our more like like hyper boutique and some more obscure stuff comes from you, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you and I have been talking a lot, uh, so much so that we built a guitar. Uh, we've talked a lot about other gear and other things, guitar and otherwise. So um, what has emerged from that for me is that you know a lot more about fuzz than I do. And I, I, <laughs> I have stronger opinions about fuzz than I do. And it's just, and I've said this before on the show, it's like, I think the music I play does not, like fuzz would not be appropriate. And therefore I just don't, I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it. But I do know it's one of the more hotly debated uh, effect genres there is. And mm-hmm. the whole point of this show, this episode, is what's the deal with fuzz? Like, what is it about fuzz? So, Ryan, answer me that. What is it about <laughs> fuzz? <laughs> Derek, do you play rock and roll? I do. Then fuzz is appropriate. <sighs> I, gonna say that. <laughs> I mean, like, so the thing, it's not that I don't look, appreciate fuzz. I look, love a good fuzz tone. I just don't think so, my my emo pop rock would really f- jive <laughs> with fuzz. And that's, sure, that's fair. And I'm still kind of a novice, admittedly. I mean, there are guys out there who have their knowledge of this. The history is just insane. There's been books and documentaries written about this stuff. Um, but for me, just look at when I was initially getting inspired by not just rock music, but specific players. I mean, you look back through the history, Keith Richards, he used the FC1 fuzz tone for... See, I don't know that. I don't know that's a thing, you know? Yeah. Jimmy (laughs) Page used a Mark II, like Jimmy Page used a Mark II tone bender. Hendrix used a fuzz face. I I know those, yeah. Yeah. Ronson, Jeff Beck used a Mark I tone bender. Billy Corgan is a big muff. Uh, there's yep. the list goes on and on and on. So, but those are I all think, like, I mean, if we're talking stuff like um, uh, Sean saying David Gilmore, absolutely true. Um, oh yeah, as well. If we're talking about like Jimi Hendrix, for example, it was a fuzz face. Like modern distortion pedals hadn't been created yet. You know what I mean? So like fuzz, as far as I know, came out at the time as an approximation for overdriven amps. Is that? Still, is that the case? Am I making that up? I'm not sure. I, I kind of well, it's it's that the clipping is so extreme right. that you don't even have to multi-stage it to get it to those levels of distortion. And nowadays, we have these amps and pedals that go, um, you know, they're 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 uh, layering, they're staging, cascading their their yeah. gain stages, and kind of getting these very high gain sounds. But it's and not very fuzz. complex sounds. Um. Like complex, rich distortion tones, and it's not that fuzz doesn't do that, but like I just think, yeah. like historically, like fuzz is one of those things that, in my mind, this might not be true. In my mind, em- emerged like out of certain technical limitations of the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay, and I, I, but at the same time, <clears throat> how many builders out there are still cloning? those original fuzz boxes that were made in the sixties. So it's like, they're still being played and that is even in the face of new tech and new way to build things. It's just like amplifiers. We're still using tube amps. Yeah. And I think most of us prefer tube amps over, you know, the new technology and solid state and stuff like that. 
Not to say that there aren't good ones, but uh, too bad that technology has held up all this time. Yeah, um, that's that's mm-hmm. true. Um, and certain applications call for certain things. Every guitar tone you've heard on this podcast has been modeled. <laughs> Just throwing mm-hmm. that out there. Yeah, L- and it sounds you know, good. Yeah, I... I think there might have been one or two demos that I did with a real amp. Right. Um, early and pretty early on, I got super lazy about that, and that fell right off really quick. And honestly, uh, <laughs> all these years, these seven years of podcasting, uh, I have always been really pleased with how our stuff sounds. And I'm not even like, it sounds good for modeling. No, it sounds good because the technology is yeah. there now. Granted, I still friggin' love my tube amp, <laughs> right? I still want to play mm-hmm. my tube amp all the time. So anyway, so I guess I thought of this question for you earlier. I know there's a lot of flavors of fuzz. Uh, I I both I, I I both like know a lot of types of fuzz, and also know that it's really kind of the tip of the iceberg. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like fuzz face as far as genres of fuzz. Fuzz face, big muff. Well, hold on, hold on a second, Ryan. How did you become into fuzz? So let, let's come at it from from that side. Mm, like, mm-hmm. when when did you when did you start playing guitar, and when did you discover fuzz was kind of a thing? Do you think fuzz is like a thing for you? Fuzz is your thing? Yeah, yeah. So okay, here's tell a me his, about that. There's some background. So I yeah. first started playing guitar as a teenager, and I never messed with pedals. I had a crappy, cheap, solid state amp, and that's how I would get those sounds. You know, and then I didn't play for seven or eight years because I was going to school, my wife's school, we were moving around. And then about four years ago, I came back to the guitar. That's and, about when you messaged us, right? Because I think yeah, I remember. So I was, yeah. yeah, I was brand new. Mm. So I had just gotten some stuff and then I wrote in to you guys just kind of informational type stuff and opinion, just what you guys' thoughts were. Yep. And I wanted, so the first two or three Black Keys albums. I was like, how does he getting that tone? Mm, and okay. so then that was kind of my start because I've, you know, I've listened to Zeppelin and Hendrix and all those guys and I didn't really pay much attention to what gear they were using. Sure. Because when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't have any money to buy gear. Um, yeah. I so think really you're young my, and impressionable, you're hearing more like great guitar playing more so than gear. Right. Yeah. Right. So it was really Dan Auerbach that sparked my interest in fuzz because then I I started looking into what his pedal boards were like and the fuzz pedals that he was using because he uses quite a few. Um, And so then I just kind of started my journey trying some stuff out. I had a Pedal Genie subscription for a while and then I kind of just have a budget set aside to, to try pedals and stuff and I've tried a ton in the last four years. Yeah. And it just it it clicks with me. There's something like most of the time if I pick up a delay pedal, I'm gonna think it sounds good. You know, sometimes there's better sounding delays than others, but most even like a, a TC pedal, I think it's gonna sound pretty good. Um Yeah, because it's more utilitarian, for, you think? Or like Right, exactly. Okay. At least for me. But with sure. fuzz, I get what you're saying. And like, dirt. It's, like for a delay, it's like, does it delay? Then it's doing what I want. Um, there, there are you can get into all like the uh, spoiler alert. I have the Strymon Volante from Pedal Genie, which is like one of these, <laughs> you know, kind of very 
very focused delay pedals and how it sounds. And you can get into like the age of the tape and all that stuff. But in a band mix, does that matter? Hell no. Right. And you could probably <laughs> use you could probably use that cattle and bread echo rec that was probably yeah. 150 bucks and it'll pretty much do the same thing you want live, right? Live, um, it'll sound really great. Um, th- you're getting into like feature set differences, but yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but with fuzz, to me, like, I don't know, it just feels different when I play it. Like, it's something that you can build like your specific tone around. Like, if somebody mm-hmm. asks you about Billy Corgan, Big Muff, you know, those sure. cher- cherub rock, like, he built his tone around that specific type of fuzz and there have been other players actually (laughs) (laughs) actually i heard i heard in some interview that they were trying to rip off black sabbath trying to get those tones and then fumbled their way fumbled fumbled their way into you know like (laughs) into the cherub rock tone and yeah and and which you know has gone down in history obviously so yeah i think i remember him saying that in an interview that he had, they had just happened to have one of those in the studio, mm-hmm. and he turned it on and it just kind of clicked for him. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, it was the op amp one, right? They just reissued that as the yes, mini version. I think yeah. so. <clears throat> anyway, um, and even in the Big Muff family, there's like s- multiple different kinds. You know, there's a yeah, black Russian, well, like, there's um, a green, there's I mean, yeah. What is it? Um, is it Ren and Cuff that makes like almost uh-huh. exclusively Big Muff clones? Yeah, most of their line are Big Muffs. Uh, Box yeah. of War, I think is one. Yeah, uh, is that? Yes, I tried that from Pedal Genie many years yeah. ago. Um, I remember liking it. It sounded like a, a Big Muff. And honestly, Big Muffs are so cheap now, and they're like the size of a dinner plate. I'm, I'm kind of like, <laughs> why don't why don't I actually own a Big Muff? You know, it's kind of absurd to me that I don't have one. Because they're like, you can get one for like 75 bucks. Yeah. And like, I, I'm not going to go tone chasing big bucks. But do you want to play it? <laughs> I would play it at home, certainly. Yeah. And the, those um, EHX ones, they sound good. Right. And like it, Big Muff, it's again, one of those pedals that's got a lot of lore, like a clon or a tube screamer. There's a lot of like mm-hmm. cork sniffy stuff about it. Um, I'm not, I don't have the time or the interest to really go down that rabbit hole with it. Do you know what I mean? I just I feel like I would want to just yeah go pick up a Big Muff whatever, <laughs> like go pick up a Crybaby or go pick up a DS One whatever. It just does its thing. It's going to sound like it's obviously not going to sound exactly the same as a Big Muff from thirty years ago, but still going to sound like a Big Muff. <laughs> Here it is, eighty four dollars and sixty cents, brand new. <laughs> See if I can have a cheap one I can get on Reverb. Anyway, continue. So that's the thing, is if you try a bunch of fuzz pedals, there might be one that strikes you, and then you want to try a bunch of different types in that family. Because transistors matter. So like Analog Man, their big thing is their fuzz face and the Prince of Tone and the King of Tone. But their sun face, I think if you go to their page right now, you can choose between like 15 different transistors. And they all have diff- <laughs> slightly different flavors and cost, but and they sound different. I mean, I've played two of them side by side with different transistors, and there are subtle differences. So it is a rabbit hole for sure. Here's a big muff on Reverb for forty six dollars. 
Like, why don't go. I have one? Why don't I just have it like in a See? drawer collecting dust for $46? <laughs> I had one collecting dust for a long time because yeah. when I was very early at all of this, I thought fuzz was one of the sounds you're supposed to have. And the thing is, it never clicked with me. Like, I never could could make it sound like I wanted my guitar to sound in music I was making. That's where I'm at, and right? Like, r- routinely, <laughs> like, I record people who are like, oh, this song has uses this pedal, and it sounds amazing in their song. And none of the songs that I ever made for myself, I thought a fuzz sounded right for. And I, th- I don't think my brain kind of goes in that direction. And consequently, I don't know how to play it because a fuzz is kind of an instrument unto itself, right? Definitely. It's so extreme that it has it changes the way you have to hold your guitar compared to other distortions so yeah. i've never got i've never been able to pick one up and go oh is this one going to work for this cuz i'm always like struggling to even get there yeah, that, I, so that's I me. agree. Um, it it does change, and I've gotten plenty of fuzz pedals from Pedal Genie, and I've just in my own travels tried tons of them over the years. It is a pedal that really changes how you, or it, it forces you to change how you play guitar, and mm-hmm. I think that I'm just not that experienced with that feeling, or at least with the type of playing that would benefit fuzz. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, um, and you hear people playing them loud and people playing them quiet, and it all works for those people. And I can't figure any of that out. Yeah, so the, there was a guy in the, your Discord, uh, Jera Guitar. He was basically yeah, posing Eric, the yeah. same question. He said, "Why do I sound bad with fuzz? How come they that's work a, for right. some and not that's others?" A great question. And what is it about it that's such a moving target? Um, and it's, I, I don't know. I've run into people who think fuzz is just you know, super, super, super high gain, really explosive, uncontrollable. And that's true. There's some that are like that. But I mean, the best example, I mean, if someone was looking to get into fuzz, I would recommend a fuzz face, you know, because they can have that big high gain sound. But put that volume knob to eight, you have an overdrive, you know, so there's I had a fuzz face and I sold it because I was just it wasn't like I was trying to do that thing where like, ooh, as a guitar player, I should have a fuzz pedal on my board. And what if I want that tone? And it was just like, I had the mini, the fuzz face mini, and it was really not agreeing with my other pedals, like impedance wise. It has to be front of the chain most most of the time. It, and it wasn't. Um, yeah, that's it. It wasn't really jiving with my things otherwise to put it in front. But um, I remember it, it's just not really being the kind of fuzz that I wanted. It was too like, not brittle. It was um, it was it kind of knocked around a little bit in a way that I didn't like. And Do you I think remember? It, if, sorry, well, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like it, it dawned on me after I sold it that like oh maybe I'm more of a big muff person, not a fuzz face person. And it was that like initial. Uh, there's all these kinds of fuzzes. It's overwhelming. I'm just gonna stick with my full tone. You know. Do you remember if it was silicon or germanium? Transistors. It was the it was the red fuzz face mini, which I think because they made both. Um, hang on, face mini. I forget which was which. The red one was germanium. Okay, which is good because that's usually germanium. It'll clean up better on your guitar. But yeah, with and it that, just seemed like, to not like because of where it was in my my pedal chain. It was not right. really agreeing. Like it was almost always clean. <laughs> Yeah, you typically need to have it first 
because like those old circuits, you know, they don't like being placed after a buffer, it's like boss pedals. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing, speaking of the fuzz face, with the analog man pedals is, and I think that pedal show did a demonstration of this on one of their videos, but inside the pedal they have a trim pot. So mm-hmm. I think they ship it maxed. So if you have the fuzz control dimed, you know, it's it can be pretty high gain. But if you can turn that down and it kind of tames, you know, the gain a bit and it gives you more range on the cleanup. So you can still get the fuzz tones, but as you're rolling back on the volume, it'll clean up a bit quicker and you can have, you know, overdrive and even slightly gritty clean tones. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it just takes time, I guess, to find something you like within the fuzz family because it is it is overwhelming to your point because there's so many options. Yeah. Um, check this out. I'm making an offer on this Big Muff right now. Submit offer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I asked if you, it was $46 plus $8 shipping. And I'm like, how about 50 bucks and you ship it? Let's just call it 50 bucks. <laughs> Boom. Look at that. 15 minutes Boom. and you're buying a fuzz pedal. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> anyway. Um, and, you know, worst case scenario, I bet I could sell it for 50 bucks. <laughs> Anyway, um, oh, Sean's really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me that the the Big Muff is a OD? No way, man. He's he's basically been in here commentating the whole thing. Yeah, he's like shoutcasting. These this are podcast. all all the things we're saying are weak. Oh, no, uh, the, the fuzz, fuzz face. face he thinks is a weak fuzz. I I don't totally disagree with that. It's just it wasn't working for me. I have somebody in my gaming clan sent me a tone bender mark II clone i don't know anything about it it was in like some hand-painted enclosure and it was wicked it sounded so huge it was so cool and i was a little reluctant to send it back to him (laughs) okay so he's oh this is the guy who's like only play a fuzz face through a dirty amp yeah you can piss off with that you can still get you can still get you can still get good tones through a clean amp but or if you have like a boost after it, which is why the range master exists for a lot of those players, um, it can yeah. simulate the crank damp. So it's just different flavors, you know. It's there's so a lot of ways. Like, yeah, I, I often play all pedals into a clean amp because I'm very familiar with the clean tone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, as and that, that's what I tend to do when I get out a pedal out of the box. I I, I try to give it a. a solid I try to just hear to, it. Right. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Well, we'll see if I get this Big Muff. We'll, we'll test it on all kinds of things. And then I can test it against the Big Muff in the HX Stomp. Hmm. 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 Oh, that's a good plan. Well, yeah. wait, with the HX Stomp, who who cares? Like, just make them in there, right? But the impedance is such a thing. On, yeah. Well, whatever. whatever. It ought to be, it also, ought to be modeling like, that. Like, it's a Big Muff. Like, who cares, right? Just I feel when I when I talk about fuzz pedals, I'm very like crank it, turn it up. It's a big muff. Who gives a right? <laughs> um, and you know maybe yes, the big muff is one of the, the the classic giant pedal is one of those like classic. It's cheap for a reason pedals, I guess. Um, but like if it works, if it opens this door for me, then right? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a. Uh... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to, my the question I was going to ask you earlier is like, when you're fuzz shopping, what are you mm-hmm. looking for? Mm. What is a fuzz, what does a fuzz pedal do that makes you go, oh, hell yeah. That's a good one. 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, so right now, I've been on a Mark One tone bender kind of binge, trying different ones out. And with those, it's all about the artifacts and like the gating. So like the palm muting is really cool. It can get kind of crackly and thick and Velcro-y. Um, yep. Just texture, really. Just character. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying this one by Manly Sounds. It's a builder in Spain. And he has, it's just a level attack control, but then he has a bias switch. And between those three things, a two position bias switch, it is amazing how many tones you can get out of this thing. Um, oh, okay. You can get really like high gain, sustaining leads, or if you dial back the attack, you can get super crunchy, like OD fuzz tones. Um, and it's, it's got so much character in it. So usually when you say one, character, do you mean like unique to that pedal, or are you looking just for something that works for your see, setup and yeah, your this, play? This Sean guy doesn't. You need to research your stuff, buddy. The Mark <laughs> 1.5 tone bender. That's Ooh. what the fuzz face became. The Mark oh, One shit. is totally different. <laughs> Get it, Sean. <laughs> uh, so there's a difference. There's a Mark One, Mark 1.5. The 1.5 became a fuzz face. The Mark One is different. So oh, um, no fighting kids. Yeah. So, anyways, so character. <laughs> right. Yeah. But when <laughs> you say that, character. I mean, do you mean like? Oh, this pedal has a unique sound, or is it the thing that it evokes in you and your rig and your playing? Both. So okay. that's what I was talking about. Most delay pedals, I'm going to enjoy the sound, mm -hmm. um, at least to get the job done. But if I play a really good fuzz pedal, I yeah, it just feels different for me. Just like I clicks. feel yeah, yeah, I feel more connected to what I'm doing. I often, I mean, I'm not a good. I'm not really a good player, but I tend to play better if I'm really enjoying like the well, dirt that I'm getting. I, I think having um, having the right gear just means you have gear that inspires you to play, and right. it can inspire you in a different way. Certainly, it inspires you to keep playing, which is the really important thing. Yeah. Um, so, okay, that's interesting. And with a lot of these, like, because. I think fuzz gets a bad rap sometimes for not being dynamic. It kills dynamics. It's not expressive, all that type of stuff. Well, but I, the stuff that I, I mean, I think it really is because if it's a good circuit and if it's built well, I mean, soft pick attack, hard pick attack, there's, you can do so much with, well, there's so many other variables with, with any guitar rig. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the dynamics become less about the loudness and more about other aspects of the tone, right? right. So the soft versus hard pick attack, when right. you, by the time it's gone through something that could qualify as a fuzz, it's so clipped and the waveform looks like a sausage, but it's <laughs> going to do different, um, it, well, like you said, you know, sometimes it's Velcro-y. Some it depends on the artifacts and and other kinds of things like that. Those are what the what the dynamics are going to come from, right? Yeah. Rather than pure level. And Sean is going off in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but this is a it's a good example, I guess, of why what? I exactly. have stayed away from this. You know, like not, people not get away, really passionate. Like, about it it's and i think it's what else is clear is that people get really passionate about um like this is the the pedal genre you're passionate about people get this way about delays all day long absolutely 
Yeah. Certainly with reverbs and stuff too. I mean, it's crazy what people go after. But um, yeah, okay, I'm with you. Yeah. He, right, yeah, right. Fuzz is all about character. I agree with that. Um, I do know that there's a lot of um, subtlety, and there's a, or there can be, and there's a lot of like the 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 tone changes a lot as it sustains, which some distortions don't do. It's distortions will just mm. eventually decay and quiet down. You know, they'll just kind of tame out. Um, whereas, like. Again, like I'm probably most experienced with Big Muff style pedals. They have this like blossom and, and kind of bloom to them that changes as things expand and then contract again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Hmm. hmm. But hey I guys, mean, there's a. The, uh, go ahead. Sorry. So I just want to circle back to Jared Guitar's question that he hasn't been able to find a fuzz that works for him. I just say keep trying. And play with, I mean, I prefer single coil guitars, and to me, they most of the time sound better, um, especially with fuzz faces. They really do handle, like, there's a lot of um, obvious tonal differences between single coil guitars and humbucker guitars. I think fuzz highlights it the most. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, plenty of tone bender users have been humbucker players and they sound great. So it just, you know, it depends on a variety of things, but I would say just keep trying because there's try the different families. You can just Google different fuzz circuits. And if you're interested, just start somewhere, try a couple of fuzz faces, try some tone benders. There's Mark one, Mark two, Mark three, Mark four, Mark 1.5. There's different flavors of muffs. I mean, my guess is there is something out there for you that you would like. Um, play with your volume and tone knob on your guitar because that changes the character of the fuzz, how your amp yeah. is set. You can try a boost after it or even before it. I mean, there's so much you can do. Yeah. Well, we know, you know, John Mayer has played plenty of essentially country music through a, a fuzz tone that was very soft and kind of delicate and creamy. So. Yeah. I think you can play any kind of music with a fuzz. Yeah, there's you know been some good doing, blues players. And figure it out. Yeah. yeah, for me, fuzz has always been like um, like a, a use case effect. You know, like if I, I need a part that's going to go absolutely bonkers. And it's more about the songwriting for me, where I need something to really stand out. That's when I might call upon a fuzz. And I just, I have a, personally have a harder time making it my main tone because mm-hmm. I don't think my music calls for it. So and that's that's fair, and yeah, that's the thing I is I'm, I, I'm not in a band. You're in a band, so like you're writing specific songs for that band that calls for a certain tone. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a dude in a basement playing a loud fuzz pedal. And sure, you know it's it's different. Yeah, we've all been dudes in basements right. playing guitar pedals, <laughs> and like that's being a dude in a basement playing guitar is dramatically different from being in a band, and but is still important. I mean, sure. So that's when you're able to form opinions on fuzz pedals. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. So when that big muff comes in the mail, just when you're have some quiet time in the house where you can be a little loud, crank that bastard up and yeah, just start my, riffing, my man. Home. Well, that's the, that's the other thing is I have a, I have a, uh, orange micro terror into a one twelve cab and I have a, uh, AC 30. So play it in the micro terror. 
Don't think I won't. I'm not above it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too cool. Um, I gotta say, changing the subject for just a moment. My AC30 yeah. sounds dope. It sounds so good all the time. I can't get over how great it is. It's just like I gotta turn it down for when we go to record soon because it's just like way over the top. But it's jumped. It's running both channels, and it's just even on the clean, like no distortion pedals. It is cooking, and it sounds great. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> anyway. awesome. I just I know if I put a, a fuzz pedal in front of it, it's gonna be like complete, you know, nuclear meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me wrap up this conversation. Do you remember that pedal that I had probably years ago now from Red Witch? It was one of their little mini they had a set of seven yes. seven sisters and they were minis, and one of them is a fuzz. And that fucking thing was quieter when it was turned on than when it was turned off with the knob dimed when i plugged my guitar in and played it if i turned it on my guitar would get quieter Mm -hmm. i was so flabbergasted i like i talked to pedal genie about it i was like i think this might be broken and they like Got me in touch with, like, they, we were, like, talking to the Redwich people, and they were like, well, you know, this circuit's so done. And they, like, said a bunch of stuff to me and how about, you know, this is based on a something, but we did this with it. And I don't remember what it was. But basically, they seemed to think that that was probably fine, and there is an internal trim bot if you wanted to turn it up. But I was like, so tell me. Tell me, Ryan. Uh, should a pu- fuzz pedal ever be quieter than your guitar without a fuzz pedal? I I wouldn't think so. <laughs> No, that seems really strange not. to me. It's completely bonkers. Yeah. So anyway, that's really strange. What I should do for you guys is go through Pedal Genie and give you a list of good fuzz pedals to try because they have that quite be, a few. That would be a good okay. idea because I do need to update my wish list, and that would be a yeah, great. Yeah, I haven't to gone start. to my wish list. And maybe we can I put that think list on I... the website. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all um, right. We can probably pin it in Discord also. Um, Sweet, probably. One quick teaser next for next time. Uh, Alex from Copper Sound is sending me a Captain Hook, so a fuzz pedal with an octave up. So we'll try that. We'll continue this conversation once that pedal arrives. Oh, cool! All right, yeah. Um, okay, good talk. So let's let's talk about it. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Um, thanks. Yeah, thanks, I, Ryan. I, I, and, no, and I, Sean I feel like we're, we're going. We're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to be cutting it off. I feel like we're going to end up with a long episode anyway. No, it's cool. So, but that was that was cool, and we really appreciate it. So let's um, play the robot and talk about a couple of pedals. Pedal Genie is like the Netflix of guitar pedals. Rent any pedal you want for as long as you want, for one low monthly price. Shipping is included and there are no late fees or time limits. With over 1,500 pedals to try from nearly 100 different manufacturers, Pedal Genie definitely has the gear you want to try. Subscriptions start with Flex at just $19.95 a month. Try out one pedal at a time for as long as you want. Send it back when you're ready for the next one. For only $39.95 a month. The standard subscription includes shipping, so you could have a different pedal every few days. If one isn't enough for you, Pedal Genie Pro gets you three pedals at a time for only $64.95 a month. Shipping included. There's a subscription for everyone and best of all, your first month is free. If you find the pedal of your dreams, the one you just have to keep, Pedal Genie will offer you a buyout option. Prices vary with the length of your membership and the type of pedal, but you'll definitely get an awesome price for the pedal in your hand. So head to PedalGenie.com to fill up your wishlist with pedals, and they'll send out your first pedal ASAP. Pedal Genie, all your pedal wishes granted. 
Okay. <clears throat> Still going with granted. Huh. All right, man. So, um, what's what? What do you feel about this? Do you want to? Do you want me to go first? I think I think mine's going to be somewhat in the quick side here. Okay. So, who said an hour late? What? Sorry, Eric just joined the chat and he's like, I'm not late, but he's like literally an hour late. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, how does time work? (laughs) Well, see what happens is the sun, see, it stays in one place and the earth turns. Okay, anyway. Did I tell, did I say nine o'clock earlier? Hang on, stand by. (laughs) No, you you said eight. No, you definitely said eight Eastern. (laughs) Yes, I did. Eric, are you loaded? (laughs) (laughs) well no he just got here he hasn't been playing the drinking game like you sean i'm also kind of buzzed i had a whiskey drink before this and i'm just finishing a rather potent double ipa so (laughs) pre-gamed the podcast yeah that's (laughs) this is what i I just get drunk and hit reverb and buy big muffs (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's continue drunk reverb all right never never drinking verb <laughs> Never drink and verb. There we go. Um, okay, so this week I've got a kettle and bread pedal, which I know how to say now. Great. It's been a few years, so I know how to say it. Um, so this is the Epoch Pre mm-hmm. and Buffer. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah. So I, I this really guy... love kettle and bread, I got to say. I'm super into them. <laughs> Based in Portland. Yeah, I feel, like I, I feel like I've generally liked everything that I've had from them, for mm-hmm. sure. I sometimes forget, like, which one's... You know, I go down the list of the pedals I remember, and so many of them are from that builder. So, yeah. um, so this guy is the uh, preamp circuit, essentially from the uh, Epoch Echo Echo Rec. What did I just say? Wait, I thought it was the anyway. EP three. Isn't that the Echo Plex? Plex or Rec? Oh wait, one of those was a cylinder, and one of those was an Echo Plex uh, 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 is a tape echo. Is a tape, and then there was it was Epo, Echo Rec was the the, the earlier drum. one that was yeah. like a, a drum. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I I don't yeah w- w- this is from one of those whatever. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, Justin is fucking this up. Yes. Okay, whatever you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the pedal's pretty cool, but it's very simple. <laughs> They're talking about me in the chat. I'm going to try to push through you guys. This is what it's going to be like to hear Justin while distracted. So um, this this is a preamp and buffer. I feel like I'm yelling into my microphone to try to be louder than the chat, even though it's making no noise. <laughs> uh, it's a it, it's a pretty simple deal, but they've taken that circuit, created their kind of uh, recreation of it, and then added a couple of special features to make it uh, sort of modernly useful. So runs on nine volt DC only. It is internally uh, charging that up to twenty two to be okay. appropriate for their circuit. Uh, it has a switchable buffer. So you can use it as a buffer and then it's going to run, you know, according to them, your your impedance is so low and such high current that you're going to be able to run like a hundred foot cable and not have to worry about it. Wow, okay. Um, or you can switch the buffer off so you can use it in different places and, and have it be perfectly happy with everything it's surrounded by. Uh, so it's got... Uh, it's got a bypass switch and then a boost switch. So there's essentially just one more gain stage in it. And that's on a separate knob. Uh, then we have a bias, which 
all, all the way, turned all the way down is the stock EP3 bias level. Mm-hmm. And then you can just juice it all, you know, all the way up Sweet. hotter and hotter and hotter. And it kind of, it kind of gets, for, for one thing, the knob scratches. Oh, cool. Which is appropriate because it's actually doing what it's supposed to do. Um, yeah. But they're like, don't worry about the scratchiness. It's supposed to do that because uh, it's not an audio path knob. Um, but it's, um, it, it kind of, what did they, how did they describe it? Because it, it's funny how kind of almost subtle these these things are. Uh, it's basically, it, it's not that it gets louder, but it does kind of like change the tonality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it ultimately, I think it, it says in their manual that it doesn't make the guitar louder. It does to my ear, but it's because it's sort of, it's adding fullness and I feel like it adds a lot of uh like low end thickness to the mm, guitar. Okay. Um, and it's not, it doesn't seem to linearly add the same to the top end. So for me, mm. like kind of the more you go with this, I mean, it has lots of headroom. It doesn't really start to distort ever. Um, it just kind of keeps getting thicker and, and big. Um, and yes, it has two outputs. Uh, so, so that you can, you know, split and, and of course it's, it's buffering both of them and you can you so you can, um, you can split those and, and do whatever yeah, you want. It says here you there. can drive different pedal chains or into two amps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my door opened. Just oh. it on my hand, and if you don't come and kill it, I'm divorcing you. <laughs> I'm being threatened with divorce. I'm in the middle of my thing right now, yeah, honey. I know. <laughs> I'm like in oh. the middle of it, and these guys have all been making fun of me because of how <laughs> discombobulated I've been. She knows, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so a, a few minutes ago when y'all were talking about fuzz, she told me that there was a giant bug flying around in there and she needed me to go do bug murder to it. And I said, no. We're talking And then fuzz. I repeated I repeated the line to her that we used to try to make our daughter not scared of bugs. <laughs> <laughs> was it what Eric you have a just lot of, said in chat? Dude, bugs. <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little different. <laughs> You have fans in the chat room, honey. Everybody's on you. So you guys want me in the middle of this pedal talk to go out there and kill a bug and then come back? Is that what you guys want right now? Let's go get a, a quick vote in the chat. Can we get a quick vote in the chat? Can somebody throw a, a can somebody throw a K in the chat if you want me to kill a bug? It'd be funnier if your wife kills it. She's not going to kill it. She came in here and she was like, it landed on me and I'm divorcing you if you don't kill it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go kill everybody. Everybody go get a drink. I'm going to go kill a bug. I'll be right back. Oh, Damn. Damn, lady. Chill. This is so stupid. This podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this is the thing about Ohio. It's still bug season in Ohio in January. That is, uh, I do not miss the South for that reason. It's fucking freezing here, I'll tell you that. But uh, anyway, um, boop a doop a doop. Yeah, I don't do spiders. That's my thing. I'll kill bugs, but if it's a big honking spider, mm-mm, no thanks. So here's the thing that I've gotten really good at in my 32 years on this earth. Uh, I can, given enough time and focus, I can smack a fly out of the air with like a newspaper or something. And it turns into this like, because they they, weird, my dog is like such a wuss about flies and things that buzz and make noise because he can't really tell where it's coming from. So it makes him nervous. 
So it turns into like, all right, just like get the fly out of the house or smack it or something. So, of course, it only happens at night when I'm trying to play video games and the dog's like nervously panting all around the house. So like turn all <laughs> the lights up, mute the TV, and just like wait, wait for like the little sonic signature of a black fly. And it's just like, it's like a friggin' kung fu movie in my living room. <laughs> I was going to say, that's some samurai shit. <laughs> it's awesome. And then, like, swing that magazine as hard as you, it's usually the Sweetwater Pro catalog. Swing that sucker as hard as you can and, like, listen for the land, right? So you, you smack it, thwack, and then you hear it hit the wall. Double thwack. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to kill bugs in your home, then shop at Sweetwater because we will eventually <laughs> send you a 20-pound ad. <laughs> yes, we will send you a paper copy of the website. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, God! I I get a couple of those a year, and it just drives me nuts. Like, yeah, guys, I, I know what you them. got. They go straight into the bathroom for me. <laughs> oh dear, uh, I will. Uh, yeah, I don't think although, Justin's coming back. I think the bug got I think, him. I think the bug got him. Oh, okay, okay, Sean. So here's a funny story. I actually did throw out my shoulder trying to kill a spider on the ceiling before. <laughs> So I, I have dislocated my shoulders multiple times playing hockey, so they aren't in the best shape. And I had a spider up on the ceiling, and I was trying to – because there, there's carpet, but we have hardwood at the old house in the hallway. So I was trying to fling it onto the hardwood because it's easier to spot it, mm-hmm. the corpse, and it yep popped my <laughs> shoulder right out. <laughs> oh, and then the spider landed on me to make it better. So I didn't know which one to react, either my shoulder or the spider. It it was it was it was a really bad scene. <laughs> Not one of my best days. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, okay. How's the bug situation, right. Justin? I, I have no idea. As far as I can tell, there was never any bug in there to begin with, and she's just being crazy. Oh boy. <sighs> no, it's really warm. It was like it was like sixty degrees today. Ugh. Um, on January 9th. Um, so obviously I, I don't dis I don't disbelieve her at all that there'd be a friggin' stink bug that came in the house, but it's Jesus Christ. It's just like a, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I didn't find it. I, I shook everything and looked around and lifted up everything and yeah. So whatever. Sorry. If she comes in here again, then it'll probably be gone the next time I have to go out there. <laughs> So what what the hell was I talking about? We were talking about the bias knob or something uh, on this. How's this thing sound, Justin? <laughs> it sounds it sounds good. I could plug it in for you. It it's um it doesn't sound like much because it doesn't uh have its own kind of distortion or anything, but it does shape tone a lot and there's kind of ways of doing that. And and mostly like I feel like what it's adding is kind of a it's like a reverse transient compression. It's almost like it brings up the stuff in your guitar that isn't the transients. Oh, cool. Okay. And kind of just makes it kind of thicker. And I do feel like it it makes it a lot thicker on the bottom end. Hmm. Um, the other kind of cool thing on this is the, the last knob that I hadn't gotten to yet, uh, which is called balance. Um, this is essentially the pedal's volume knob, except they didn't just put a volume knob on here. What they did is they put the mixer circuit from the Echoplex into it, oh. uh, except that you're not mixing between dry and wet. You are mixing between wet and nothing because there is no dry <laughs> in this pedal. <laughs> so effectively, from from like zero to noon, um, it's a sort. It's basically a volume knob, and then past that, it doesn't kind of keep getting louder. It just 
again, kind of fills out and and brings out kind of more of that bottom. Um, and it, it changes stuff about, you know, between the bias knob and this, uh, using kind of the second half of this balance knob, you get kind of different um, feels to the bottom end that it's adding to the signal. So some of the voicing is, and oh, and there's one more switch, Oh, gain on this guy. Uh, it's it doesn't it 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 makes the guitar sound a little louder without it really being louder. It's that kind of level of gain. Like it really right. doesn't have a distortion. distortion. Yeah. No, and it has a boost knob with a switch. So when the pedal's engaged, it can be in boost or not. Um, but it uh, it just kind of adds a little bit more level. Um, but again, not any distortion. Like that extra level that it's adding is totally clean to my ear. Um, which is kind of amazing. It's not like a ton of gain, but um, yeah, it has sort of two different volume levels. Um, so you can use that to your advantage. Hmm. Um, there's two more push button switches. So, well, I, I guess I already mentioned the buffer on off switch. You can use it with or without the buffer. Uh, then there is a, what's it say? Early or later? Because uh, they were different versions of the Echoplex. The earlier ones... Ten, uh, have kind of um, tighter low-end response, I guess. Something something about the way they were working. Um, they were kind of made in the days of big, big marshals when everybody had plenty of uh, soupy low-end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this has kind of a tighter low-end to, to match that, to, to be the reciprocal of that. And then the later versions uh, has kind of a, a looser low-end, a looser bottom. Loose bottom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable with that. Nice. Uh, and that's basically the deal. Yeah, I'm, I could, I could plug it in right now, but it, it's you'd be listening to like, here's my telly with it off, and here's my telly with it on. You yeah, know, that's all right. Kind of, um, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, um, I had, like I said before, the Strymon Volante. Let me move my awesome. things around here and grab it. Um, <clears throat> do you still have a Volante, Brian? No, I moved it on. It's too damn big. Oh, did you? Yeah. It is big. Yeah. Um, it's about, it's probably about the size of a timeline-ish, a yeah. little bit different form factor, but it's about that big. It's just three foot switches on this thing. So this is a delay. Um, it's a magnetic echo machine, they say. So it really... So I, it's being a tape machine? It's being a drum, a tape, and a studio echo machine all in one. <clears throat> yeah. So it's um, one one of the things when this came out, I was really concerned that it wasn't going to stand off of timeline enough, and like kind of be a different product enough. But uh-huh. it totally is, mm-hmm. totally not a problem with that. It is a very different beast. So it's got um, right in the middle. There's these eight little push push buttons. Uh, the top four. There's like two rows of four. Uh, those are playback heads, and then the, below that are feedback heads. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of operating this thing like a tape, an actual tape head, right, or a drum head or something like that. So you can turn all those off and have this pedal running and doing like the spring reverb that's built in and other like leveling stuff and some like EQ stuff oh. uh, without actually <laughs> getting any echo. Um, so you can have this repeat on only one head or all four heads. But then it won't continue those repeats after the fourth head unless you have the feedback switches enabled. So it won't decay those oh, repeats. right. I get you. Yeah, so there's no decay unless the feedback switches are engaged, which, you know, there's one for each head. So you can really get into these cool rhythmic combos of 
of delay types. So you can have there be kind of only one repeat on heads one, two, and three, and then all the decay on head four, or all the decay on head three, and turn off head four. And it's it's really super interesting. So there's a rec- on on the left side of the pedal. There's four knobs: record level, low cut, uh, wear, which is like a tape wear, drum wear, that kind of thing, and then mm-hmm. mechanics, which is kind of like some other what do they call it? It's like some Hiss, hissy scratchies. Hissy and stuff. scratchies. Yeah, I think. Let's see mechanics. Here we go. Uh, controls the amount Bippity of bumpies. mechanically related speed fluctuations in media irregularities, including oh. friction, creases, splices, and contaminants. Whereas okay. wear controls the wear of the media and playback heads, which affects the fidelity of the high frequencies. Right. Okay. Okay. Right in the middle, there's a time knob but there is also a tap tempo here. Um, then we've got a knob for repeats, a knob for echo level spacing, which has like a, it's not notched, but there's kind of these like demarcations on the, on the graphic. So even uh, would just be like straight quarter notes. Then there's triplet, which feels like more like a dotted eighth. Then there's the golden ratio and then something called silver, <laughs> the silver ratio. Uh, and then spring, there's a little spring reverb built into this thing. So that, and that's just super great. It sounds awesome. Uh, stereo in and out. There's an expression output. Uh, there is MIDI in and out USB. You can, there's a mini toggle for instrument or line level. It's like things fully loaded, man. And it also has like a sound on sound recording thing. Like you can, you can use it as a looper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three delay types, drum, tape, and studio. Let's see, what does that say? Uh, drum is a steel wire spinning platter. Atmospheric echoes emphasize the low mids uh, and will saturate with hot signals or high feedback. Tape is a magnetic tape used in vintage echo machines. Warm tape response will moderately clean an airy signal path. Uh, studio, super clean, studio-grade tape used in reel-to-reel units. And then there's a... Um, Speed mini toggle for half normal and double, and this affects the fidelity and mechanical response uh, of the selected delay type. Changing the speed will also result in a proportional change to the delay range of the knob, the the time knob. So, three foot switches on tap tempo and favorite right in the middle, so you can have like a single preset, and then wherever your knobs are set as well. If you push and hold the playback head button it'll move it to is this a pedal or a laptop asks eric it is a laptop sized <laughs> pedal it's a um, digital computer that you step, step on, on with yeah. your foot <laughs> it's so if you push and hold the playback thing it'll reduce the volume of that head by 50% so you can like duck the uh certain heads if you want huh pretty cool so it's a little hard to explain because of this, like, p- the, the real feature here is the playback heads and the feedback heads. Timeline kind of can't do this at this level of control. Timeline has drum sounds and tape sounds and studio sounds, but they're pretty much limited to your typical delay controls, like a quarter note, dotted eighth, dotted sixteenth, whatever, the normal delay pedal stuff. Even normal stuff. You can probably mess stuff. with the tone of the repeats and things because oh, those are kind of deep settings in there, but you can't get it to do exactly all of this. You can't have it 
like turn off heads two and four and have the repeats only on head one, for example, on timeline. It just isn't built that way. The the delay sounds aren't at that level of detail. The whole focus of this pedal is that detail, is that the head feature. Hmm. So it's it's really, really interesting. Uh, it, it really operates a lot differently than other delay pedals, and it really feels truly unique, as, as dumb a term as I think that is. It is really kind of stands alone in the space, I think. Would you agree with that, Ryan? Yeah, I think you that's... You had one for a while. Yeah, it's totally fair. It's a great pedal. It really is. It is great. It is tr- It is great. Um, I Every got- time you see Strymon, you know, the, famous for their endlessly... Uh, deep and complex effects mm-hmm. rigs, and then they'll make another pedal that's like this one just does, you know, tape sound. Yeah, this one just do does so well. tape delay, yeah, it's, and it's like it's like the it's like that little window. We're just gonna focus on this section, and then they step through that window, and there's a whole universe in there. So yeah, it's kind of, that's a great way to put it. Like how I thought of it, it's just if you like the El Capistan, this is kind of the deluxe version of that. You yeah, know, you can kind, kind of. of think of it that mm. way. Yeah. Um, so, like, the, one of the cool things here is there's a record level knob, so like a tape saturation knob, and then a, a um, an echo level control on the other side. So, if you look at the left side of the pedal, it's kind of like the input information, and the right side of the pedal is like the output information. So, on the left is record level, low cut, and the mechanic and wear information for like how worn out your machine is, and then the other side is how many repeats, how loud it is, how much reverb there is. Juicing the record level will like really overdrive the tape and stuff like that. It's so cool. There's just like so many great ways to run this. It's a really inspiring pedal. It's a really musical pedal. It's just rad, man. It's so cool. It's 400 bucks as Strymon is one to do. Yeah. But dang, man, it's it's up there. So, um, you mentioned in that in that description, you mentioned the silver ratio, yeah, and that sent me into a little Wikipedia run <laughs> while yeah. you were talking. This is this stuff is wild to me, and I don't know if you guys ever like focus on these like um, these mathematical constant numbers, but they per, for me like I hear about a new one and it like blows my mind for a second. The, so the golden ratio is these Fibonacci numbers, so mm-hmm. it's sort of like these things that will never overlap. It's like this sort of series of yeah, it says this it's equation for, that creates a series that never overlaps. On the Strymon side, it says the golden one is for dense non-overlapping echoes. Yeah. So the silver is similar, but it's a different constant. And in this case, it's a ratio that describes um, square triangular numbers. That's one thing. Square <laughs> triangular numbers. Uh, so... There, there's ways of doing rectangles that are the silver ratio, but the Ugh. easiest way to visualize is this, this octagon and uh, like a perfect octagon, one the ratio between one side and then the diameter of the two farthest flat sides. Yeah. So one <laughs> to one plus the square root of two. <laughs> this is great. I'm going to stop talking about it, but so I just want yeah. you guys to know. <laughs> I know you see that silver ratio. That's some stupid, but no, it's a thing. Uh, and then it says the silver ratio, on, and as far as the pedal is concerned, is for non-overlapping repeats biased toward the quarter note. Yeah, so it'll have a 
a steadier feel to the rhythm because it will be sort of more regular, but they still never overlap. So when you're talking about the spacing knob on this pedal, like I said, there's even, which is just straight quarter note triplet feels more like a dotted eighth type thing. Um, there's there's no notches on this, like I mentioned. So the head is continuously variable for the entire travel of that knob. So you can put it in between golden and silver, or in, oh, bet- wow. in between triplet and golden. It's this thing is a trip. Like it's computers are weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> the people at Strymon are just a bunch of brainiacs. That's all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a bunch of nerds. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Uh, so, thanks, Pedal Genie, for sticking with us for yet another calendar year. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Designed and built in the USA. That's also why they're expensive. But um, mm. it, it feels, it's the Apple product of Guitar Gear. You know, like they're, they're really nice. Anodized aluminum cases and stuff and road ready. It's awesome. Sure. It sounds super good. Sure. Goodness. Very good. All right. Well, you know, we kind of loaded the show in an odd way, but that's all right. And I think it turned out okay. Hope you guys didn't mind the whole bug detour. Hope you all entertained (laughs) yourselves and nobody invented any new drinking games while I was gone. No, we talked about my unique ability to smack a fly out of the air. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Like like straight up Karate Kid? Pretty much, yeah. Hiya. Yeah. Oh, she caught it, by the way. She oh, sent me a picture a few minutes after I got back. She caught it under a glass. Okay. So she's just I'm torturing it, watching it die. There's yeah. still some murdering yeah. that needs to be done. Yeah, that's right. I, my See, my default would definitely be to just carry it out. It's a, it's a bug. I'm just going to put it in my hand and throw it outside. You know, when we get, this time of year, we get critters in our walls in the garage and stuff like that. We get like oh, little yeah. little field mice and stuff. And I feel like... Part of me is like, get the fuck out of my house. The other part of me is like, I get it, man. You know? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I get it. I like it here too. <laughs> right? Like, I, I get it. I can't blame them one minute. I just, <laughs> it's fucking cold out. <laughs> so. But the I, trouble is if they get stuck in there. Yeah, which hasn't happened. We actually haven't really had any this year. I think I, last year I caught all of them. But, um, we have some little tiny have a heart traps, and I was bringing them down in downtown and letting them free near the dumpster, where I think they'll do just <laughs> fine. So, <laughs> hey guys, it's warm and made of rotten food in here. You're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, they they like scurry around in the in between the floors or something, and I'm like, ooh, that's bad. Yeah. But also, like you'd be dead, and I I get that. <laughs> like I feel that. <laughs> Yeah. So when we, uh, do you remember over the summer, my family took a trip down to Mammoth Cave, not too far from here in Kentucky. And the place we stayed uh, on two out of the five nights or whatever we were there, there was a raccoon in the walls and ceiling of the the building. A raccoon. (laughs) And um, at first we were sitting there, we were like playing tabletop games and stuff and Arya's asleep. We're just hanging out. And I heard I heard like kind of a little bit of a tapping and a scratching and I thought like the neighbor had like some kids that were like messing around with the wall um but then it started to not seem like kids and mm. and then it moved up to the ceiling and I was like oh they're like in the attic of this thing of this building we're in uh and it was so 
it sounded so heavy. <laughs> uh, I remember thinking, like, could it be a raccoon? It sounds so big. <laughs> like, the amount of noise it was making, um, we ended up, I mean, we told somebody about it. Not that we, like, were that concerned, but it was, like, at a certain point, it was going to be, like, keeping us up at night. It did kind of wake us up a couple of times the first night. But um, yeah. I didn't know what I was going to because that's that's too big an animal. You can't just... I was just impressed by how much noise it made. <laughs> impressed and horrified. <laughs> I was just trying to find this. There was something I saw go around the internet recently about a raccoon. Like somebody turned the lights out in their backyard and some raccoons got caught, like just rummaging through stuff. Uh, and it was it was a truly hilarious gif and I can't find it at the moment. But if I find it, it'll go in the chat. We at another time in the summer in our own backyard, we saw a couple of raccoons that appeared to be pretty young, um, mm-hmm. kind of te- you know the teenager raccoons, the rascals, yeah, uh, climbing face down out of a tree, and then they like <laughs> noticed that we saw them, and they both like froze, so they're both like upside down with their hugging a tree with their faces turned to us, like freezing, like we might not see them. <laughs> Nobody move. <laughs> It was yeah. It was like they can't see us if we don't move. Their and vision is we, based on we, movement. <laughs> we talked about them for a while, and eventually they got used to us, and then we we're just like whatever. And then they just leisurely, you know, climbed down the rest of the tree and hung out for a while, <laughs> just outside of our fence. Oh, this is gonna uh, this is gonna bother me. I can't find this gif. Uh, anyway, okay, should we wrap this up? Right. Yeah, let's do. So, thanks everybody, um, and and thanks for listening, and thanks for. Being here for those who were here, everyone should definitely join us in the Discord. And if at all possible, if you if you like the show and you want to help support, there's lots of things you can do, including leaving reviews, which almost never happens, probably because we almost never ask for it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, leaving like iTunes reviews and, and wherever else, that that would be rad. Um, I'm sure yeah, that will help those. us. I'll also take reviews Absolutely. on Anchor where we publish the show. And you can leave us voicemails, which we can pop in the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. would be good too. And then if you're feeling especially generous, you know, you can head on over to our Patreon. The link is right near the top of your show notes on your device right at this moment. And for $1 a month, you can get your name shouted out on the show and be blessed with our eternal love, which is extremely special and made of pure magic. And then for $2 a month, you can also hang out in our exclusive Discord voice channel that is just for recording this show live, which is where we are now, which is where all the random uh, distracting drinking games and nonsense have been going on this whole time. Uh, Supporters of the show currently that are about to get their name read out include... Brian Rizzi, Doug Christ, Doug Gann, the members of the dugout, <laughs> uh, Eric Garibaldi, Jonas Sabatini, Kyle McIntyre, Nick Greenwood, Ryan Johnson, Sean Wright, and Steve Huffman. Thank you all so much. That is so special, and we appreciate it very much, and I hope you can feel the magic in your heart. I feel it. I feel it leaving my heart and entering all the other hearts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's going to do it. And uh, also, let's pull back for a minute. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, thanks, guys. (laughs) Sorry, I kind of got into a zone and blacked out there. Did I do a good job? God, Justin's such a dick. (laughs) 
Uh, it was a lot of fun having you on. And Yeah, uh, I'm sorry it yeah, took so wait. long to get you on the show, but we appreciate your fuzz insight. I think we had a good conversation, and maybe we can follow up with this sometime if, if Justin and I get our act together and try some pedals. Yeah, man, yeah, I'll send yeah. you guys. Let's do that. Let's get I'll, that list. Yeah, I'll go and pedal Genie and, and get to work. Cool. Okay, super cool. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. We will see the rest of you next year in the after show. Oh, by the way, I hope you all liked that. It was very long. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't listen to all of it. I usually do. I didn't this year. (sighs) All right. All right. Good night, everybody. To all the components out there in the tone control circuit, thanks for listening and fuck off. What a way to start the year. (laughs) 